Okay, I welcome you all with love. Uh, Richard Sachs won't be here today. He has a uh, another thing he, he just had to do uh, medically. So we'll just be doing us. And we'll do what we usually do. start out with a little dance and a little meditation. And I'm going to share kind of a deeper understanding of a Vedic teaching called the world is as you believe it to be. The world is as you see it. So the world is as you see it. The world is as you believe it to be. That's the, the very ancient teaching. So we start with a little dance, and then we'll go into meditation. And when I do the meditation, focus on my eyes and let the energy come through. I'm just going to check one more thing where we're just playing with the controls. Yeah, there we go. Okay, here we go. Focus on my eyes, and we go now into meditation. 
Yoda in breath. Hey, and now breath. Wand in breath. Hey, and now breath. That's the mantra. It's the name of God is grace. If you don't have a mantra, it's a good one to use. It's the name Moses got from the burning bush. Okay. So let me just get our timing. And here we go.
Slowly come out of meditation. And now we're just going to take a look at this teaching. The world is as you see it. The world is as you believe it to be. Now we can certainly look around in this world today and see how events are happening and people having very different interpretation of the same event. You know, we saw a scene in Ireland where a migrant stabbed a bunch of little kids and people rioted and the police attacked the Irish people who were rioting. It's like, well, I mean, you a bunch of beasts. You're, you're, okay, that's one thing. We have what's going on in uh, China where and not everybody's heard of this, but this has been going on since around 2000, uh, 1996, where the Chinese are taking the different religious people, uh, the Waigars and the people doing the different religious ceremonies and who are healthy, and they are while they are away, not with anesthetic, they are doing organ transplants. Now people say, ah, that's too barbaric. Well, tell about, till they started doing this, they were doing about 15 a year. Now they're doing, of liver transplants, now they're doing thousands in a year. And then you have heart and lung transplants. And what literally is going on is they're taking, like, the Falgong practitioners who are pretty healthy. They do a whole medical workup. And why, literally, while they are alive, not under anesthetic, because you get a better result that way, they're actually taking their organs out. And, of course, the Falgong die on the table and the heart and lungs or the liver or their kidney, whatever it is, is taken. Now, you can say, and this is what some doctors are saying, and certainly how they justify it in China, this is an important medical procedure, this is really important scientifically, and then the other side of it says, this is barbaric. Now, this is very real, and only now, 20, 23 years, 24 years later, are U.S. medical doctors and English medical doctors beginning not to accept medical pay papers that are based on this kind of um, non-voluntary organ transplant. You can say it's scientific. But is it really? And the same thing with Hitler. You know, a lot of medical experiments, isn't that great on these great medical experiments? It's, you know, very animal. Or this is terrible. You're operating people against their will and you're torturing them. I mean, these kind of operations done without anesthetic are particularly gruesome. So we have that kind of thing where thousands 
of people are dying each year of Felgon or Egard from these organ transplants, which Westerners are participating in because it costs a lot of money. Now, they also make a point, well, you if you want an organ transplant in the U.S., it usually takes like a liver, six months to a year to get it. There you can get it, you know, by the time you get there, within a week. It's good business. $80,000 per uh, organ transplant. Of course, somebody dies from that. Now, do Westerners take responsibility? Well, they're doing medical procedure, so it isn't okay. It's barbaric. That's my position as a doctor, as a holistic doctor. Uh, yeah, you're saving lives, but you're taking lives involuntarily. So this is what we're talking about. Of course, we can talk about what happened and is still happening in Israel versus Hamas on Hamas uh, broke the fence in 40 different locations, killed like 360 people at a festival, and multiply raped people, and I'm going to say more than that, sexually, perversely mutilated the women. They entered a variety of... Uh, communities and did the same thing. Again, uh, let's take a look at how we see it. So the the message that uh, has come through in different ways is that their mullahs blessed them and told them to do that. Not only their military officers. Different worldview. And, you know, if you're non-Muslim, there's you're a coffee or you're, you don't really count. So some of that is allowable, but then there's human standards and multiply raping women and then shooting them in the head doesn't exactly fit in to any modern day standards that we're talking about. Maybe that's what they did in the seventh century, eighth century, uh, which I don't think they necessarily did, but, that's what we're talking about. Um, and then we look at the uh, six million Syrians because of whatever goes going on, they're being forced to leave Syria and going all over the world and being accepted in different places and different groups from different Middle Eastern countries have exited to different places. And also from Africa, people exit and go to different places. Um, and then we hear no Middle Eastern countries willing to take the Palestinians. Now, I mean, there's a few reasons for that. The Palestinians, where have they gone? They have caused a certain amount of trouble, like they did in Jordan, where they actually almost had a successful coup, or in Lebanon. So... There's some resistance to that based on uh, these nations trying to protect themselves from Hamas. So, 
again, the world is as you see it, the world is as you believe it to be. So you have people marching in the United States, you know, free Palestinian, and, and really, if it's starting to come out, that Hamas is not that popular. They were basically imprisoned, the people in Palestine. So when we say free Palestine, besides river to the sea, which means destroy all the Jews, we're also saying free Palestine from Hamas. Free Gaza from Hamas. And so now people are beginning to speak out. They didn't favor Hamas. And this is not the majority of people. The majority of people, soldiers and civilians, they definitely did favor Hamas, but there's a certain more and more vocal minority who come out and saying, this is terrible. You've ruined, you've ruined, you know, the Gazan people. So, and they don't support, you know, the, the Hamas leader who's in, actually, which believe people believe is in Gaza. So, Sinwar. So we have to look at this and say, well, wow. And then there are people who want to say, well, what's the moral equivalent? Well, the moral equivalent of terrorism, cutting men and women's and children's heads off, and mutilating them in front of their families, uh, parents being killed in front of their kids, is not war. And there are codes of war, codes of ethics, uh, that are definitely not being followed. And, and war, obviously, is different than peace time. This is a war. And you have, like, the vice president of the U.S. saying, well, you know, you've got to be careful not to kill civilians. But the problem is, how do you know who a civilian is when Hamas soldiers are hiding behind civilians and dressing like civilians and then coming out of caves and shooting at people in, in, in um, uh, civilian clothes? It's very difficult. So it's really easy to criticize you. You're wrong no matter what. But according to the ethics of war, you know, Israel is holding it as one American general said, better than any other country he's ever seen. So, you know, from a, from a warrior point of view, they've holding ethics. Yet, other people say, well, it's a massacre. You're, you're killing, you know, people we don't know exactly. Well, they're saying maybe 6,000 Hamas have been killed, and that gives you about 9,000 civilians. And you know, Israel does everything it can. It warns people, tells them where to go. And then, <laughs> then Hamas is shooting rockets from safe zones. It's kind of a, a weird game. The world is as you see it, the world that you believe it to be. So it's okay for Hamas to shoot rockets in Israel from safe zones, um, which it really isn't okay. It doesn't work at all because then it destroys the whole issue of safe zones. But the point I'm making is people come with a preconceived notion of how it should be, just in like in Hitler's time and Stalin's time. 
I mean, the Cultural Revolution time. So what's going on, like in the U.S., is not particularly unusual. People really don't know actually what's going on. Maybe they don't know that rockets are still being shot from Gaza into Israel on a regular daily basis. Um, so the, the complexity takes us back to the world is as you see it, the world is as you believe it to be. So I may see if somebody living in Israel, hey, people shooting rockets at me, I'm really not thinking that's a good idea. I, I'm not willing to live under those circumstances. I didn't start this war. This stuff has been going on since 2007 when Hamas took over, and they have made really clear, really clear statements that they want to kill all the Jews. Not just in Israel, that's a river to the sea, but throughout the world. So Israel is saying, well, that doesn't make us a very good two-state solution because you're still wanting to kill us. Well, maybe it'll be another 10 years and they'll attack us again. So there is a strong uh, feeling that enough is enough. And that's kind of what's going on. Again, the world is as you see it, the world is as you believe it to be. Because in 2007, when Hamas took over and threw the Palestinian Authority officials off buildings and killed them and basically had a violent coup, um, people are still thinking maybe it will work. You know, we got to give peace a chance. Uh, and, um, and now I think it's, I don't know if it's four times, three to five times that there's been major attacks on Israel, you know, from Hamas. So it's like, then you have Hezbollah. Then you have what's going on in, in the disputed territory, Judea and Samaria. That's just this, this constant thing. And something seemed to have snapped in the minds of people living in Israel. It's like, we, we've had enough. We, we're not we're not going to go through this again. Um, that's it. And because that's the perception of somebody who's been shot at for, well, 2007, so you know, do, do a little math of that, it's 16 years approximately, regularly, really since, you know, for 75 years. and But for Hamas, it's been really since 1988 when they got started. And it's like, that's it. Now, if you aren't living here and you're not being shot at on a regular basis and you aren't being uh, attacked in a variety of ways, um, you see the thing differently. So we, we need to understand the importance of, you know, we have different perceptions and it doesn't just come out of propaganda points of view. It actually comes because of different perceptions. If somebody's shooting at you and you think, fine, peace is great, which, and then you get shot, you get killed, it's not so great. Um, so this is kind of <coughs> the battle that's going on in people's minds in a certain way. You know, we, we have uh, you know, the soldiers risking their lives. I think it's been over uh, a thousand soldiers who have been killed so far. 
in the time this has been a thousand Israeli soldiers. And then today I saw the uh, Hamas uh, soldiers who surrendered and they're stripped to their underwear, which you know look basically like bathing suits. Um, and that's so they don't have any explosives on them, you know, explosive vests. And there are lots and lots of explosive vests that they found. Okay, but they're stripped to the underwear. And people are saying, well, what, what are all these nude soldiers? This is embarrassing. Well, first of all, they're not nude. They're basically in boxer shorts, you know, uh, different forms of, of, you know, called bathing suits. So, First, using the word nude when they're not nude is really, again, world is as you see it, the world as you believe it to be, and obviously the words affect your perception. So you don't have nude soldiers. You have soldiers who are, are stripped to their underwear, um, which are, again, like uh, boxer short type uh, mostly, and uh, handcuffed. Uh, so, if you're an Israeli and you're looking at that, well, that's good. Why is that good? Because it's safe. It means they're not going to blow you up with a vest. They're not going to have a weapon because they're handcuffed. So, you are getting a margin of safety that you didn't have before. Uh, and But if you're a Gazan, and you're seeing this, unless you're anti-Hamas. Um, oh, they're nude soldiers. This is embarrassing. This is a powerless, and it, it is. That's the point of why they're showing it. Now they're claiming they won't show any more of that because it offended some people's sensitivities um, with the, quote, nude soldiers who weren't nude. Um but the world is as you see it. The world is as you believe it to be. So here we are. We're in the same setting. Um, and there's an image. One is these new soldiers, uh, all different sizes and shapes, um, handcuffed prisoners, very humiliating. And it's a strong message. To other people who actually would be interested in attacking Israel, like Hezbollah or Iran. So we have a few things like that going on. Um, and they're being taken away to prison in the way that for Israel is the safest way they can do it. But other people are offended. This is abuse. This is, um, you know, not. Well, it's totally kosher according to war, but to the war ethics. But it does offend people's sensitivities to see men in their uh, boxer shorts, according to some people. If you, go to the bay, if you go to the beach, and where I each week go to the beach, there's lots of Muslims in bathing shorts, you know, swimming suits, so it's not, it's not offensive at all. So, um, so you know, again, 
it's projection. People don't want to look at <laughs> the realities of, of different things. So I've looked at, we've looked at China, we looked at Syria. Um, there are issues, obviously, with Hamas and Gaza. Um, and fighting is kind of breaking out all over the world. Another, another perspective is the world of prophecy. The Psalm 83, clear, which was done 3,000 years ago, clearly lays out what the next step will be, is that Israel will be attacked from five different nations. I don't know if I have all five right, but, you know, we have gods that we have, what would be Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran. I'm not sure of exact. And Israel will defeat them and extend its boundaries from the river to the sea. But the river we're talking about is the Euphrates. So these are ancient, ancient uh, prophecies. This is what was given to Moses and also to Abraham. So, so there's another perception from the uh, prophetic point of view. So all this is going on. And, you know, there, there's a few ways to think about it. One is, and from a certain way, it's best to stay out of the way. Another one is understanding the flow of prophecy. You want to be, uh, it improves your ability to understand what's going on and develop the perce- a perception that really is useful. If you have a perception that's all about hate, that does not, it's not going to take you too far. That is what basically Hamas has been teaching. Now it's coming out. We're hearing other voices saying, well, we don't really support Hamas. It's pretty, it's not really in the Quran of the way they raped and mutilated the women and beheaded the small children. There are all kinds of interpretations. Uh, every religion has their different levels of interpretation. So we can see how our minds are being uh, shaped by these different realities. And some of them have no morals. The biblical reality has a set of morals. The Quran reality has a set of morals. Then they're different. Well, Muhammad actually said the biblical, what people call the Old Testament, really had a you know a good set of morals, and, and a lot of the Quran was taken from that. But the point is, there's a frame of reference at least. A lot of people in the West don't have a frame of reference anymore. They just decide how they feel, what's good or bad, or that's it. Don't confuse me with information. So there's all kinds of serious confusion in the world. So (coughs) that's what we're facing today. Now, how do you cope with that? Uh, And the first thing is try to get a witness position. All these terrible things are happening. What do you mean witness position? 
terrible things are happening, but to understand the bigger patterns, you have to be able to step back and not make it simply about anger and about emotions. Okay. So that's the, the, you know, the, the point is like, how does this get resolved? How do we proceed? For me, the most important way to proceed is to understand that God dwells within you as you and God dwells within you as you and also the other person as you. So we stop calling people animals, people calling the Jews animals and despicable, people calling the Muslims animals. This is not, this doesn't take us anywhere. We have different perceptions. Um, some are more honorable than others. And again, there's a code of ethics in war that uh, Israel actually has been pretty successfully following, as far as I can tell, uh, based on all the reports. Hamas, um, not so much. You know, like shooting rockets from designated safe spaces, hiding behind civilians who um, are afraid to leave and they're being told not to leave, but then many civilians have left. So all this is going on. Um, so we have to have a frame of reference, and we also have the ability <laughs> to step back and observe and not getting so much into judgment and anger but seeing the bigger picture and then saying, how can we work on ourselves so this is minimized in the world? For example, we have a Peace 21 meditation, uh, which we've been doing since 1985. And we know that when you meditate for peace and each equinox and solstice, the rate of crime depending on the study, there's over 300 studies that show this, decreases in one study where 1% of the population were meditating, uh, 1% by 16%. Another study was done in Rhode Island where 350 meditators came in <laughs> and the crime rate for all kinds of violent crimes, that's what we're talking about, uh, decreased 43%. People say, wow, that's, I don't know if we can trust that. So they came back the next year, and their rate of violent crimes decreased 49%. So we have something that's really, really solid um, in, in the whole uh, approach. So that's why we offer a Peace 21 meditation, that's uh, each equal action sources, and also weekly, we're offering a world peace meditation. The same principle. So the world peace meditation, which you're seeing there, world peace meditation <laughs> is um, weekly on Sundays, six thirty. Israel time, actually 6.15 for explanation, and it goes for about a half hour. And it's a 
meditation and visualization. And you can really do it every day. So you kind of learn the technique. It's really, really simple. And then it puts you in the place where we're actively working to change the consciousness of the global brain, to upgrade the consciousness of the, of the global brain. That's a pretty important thing. Because we're actively working in ways, at least for me, that are really going to create a more active peace. It may take longer, but it's over 300 studies since 1973. As I said, I showed it works. So I invite you to play with those things. You can check out my workshops at factorycousins.com. This is one of them. Or uh, treeoflife.mn.co. Those are two the websites that you can get, you know, a, a lot of different programs that I have. I also do individual consultations <laughs> because if you're not really healthy, it's harder to, to meditate. So these are all things that are offered um, to support people in their evolutionary process, um, creating a way of life that can, can lead to meditation uh, and liberation. So there's lots of ways to go here. There's lots of options. Uh, and when people are angry and confused, and lose touch of with who they are. They're very easy to control. From the New World Order point of view, that's part of the game, is to keep people angry, confused, and divisive with each other, rather than seeing the bigger piece. I think we can definitely say this about the Middle East, um, that there's a bigger play going on, and um, that's what we have to, to see. And you can see that on the streets in, in the U.S. as well. Uh, so these are, I'm going to say, really important options for people to have uh, to know there's ways to really deal with this that uplift you and uplift all of humanity. Now, I don't know if we're set up for questions, but if anybody happens to have a question, this is a good time to ask. We usually don't have questions, so I just thought. Um, so I want to bless everybody with the awareness uh, of the world is as you see it, the world is as you believe it to be, and how it's very easy to have a different worldview than someone else. But the point is, the more we meditate, the more we read the spiritual literature, the more we work on ourselves, we get a clearer and clearer kind of overall view for what needs to happen. Um, and you get kind of different sets of answers. So I will just share that uh, with with you um, in, the, in the big picture and I bless everybody that we're able to find that peace within ourselves and peace outside of ourselves and resonate with people and peace 
and in love. Peace be with you.